Democrats roll out the cast of Hamilton, the faux emotion of Kamala Harris, and angry Joe Biden to remind Americans that January 6th was the inflection point for humanity. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. I protect my data with a VPN, so should you visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. Speaking of which, using the internet without ExpressVPN, well, you can see I'm traveling. It's like checking in your baggage at the airport without any sort of lock. You think that your stuff is private, but then somebody starts rifling through your underwear. Well, when you go online without a VPN, that's what everybody is doing with your personal data, particularly your internet service provider, which can see every single website you visit. They can then legally sell that information without your consent to ad companies and text giants who then use your data to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, ISPs can no longer see that sort of online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection, which is the reason that I use ExpressVPN, also because it's super easy to use. All I have to do is open up the app, hit one button, and now it is fired up and I am protected. It works on all your devices, phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I've got too much personal data on my computer to just be handing that over to my ISP. Secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Ben today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben to get started. Alrighty, so... Yesterday was the most important day in American history. It was the first anniversary of January 6th, and it was like Christmas in January for the Democrats. They couldn't really determine whether it was supposed to be a solemn commemoration or a celebration or what exactly it was supposed to be. They just knew it was really, really important. And the reason it was really important is because Joe Biden's poll numbers are in the toilet. And the only reason that Joe Biden was elected in 2020 to begin with is because there were a lot of people who did not like Donald Trump. And so Joe Biden ran on, I'm going to restore the soul of this country. And people were like, okay, that sounds all right. And then he immediately got into office and started pursuing Bernie Sanders's agenda. And his entire popularity, which had been close to 60%, is now all the way down to 40%. So he's trying to revive his flagging presidency by going back to January 6th and just whipping that dead horse as much as he possibly can. And you can tell how much the Democrats are reliant on January 6th, how much they see it as a political opportunity. You can see that by how they treated it. It was sort of as how they treated it. You remember there was a senator named Paul Wellstone from Minnesota. This is, I don't know, now 15, 20 years ago. And he died in a plane crash. And there was a big Democratic event for him, a memorial event. And instead of it being a unifying event involving members of both sides of the political aisle, instead Democrats just went to Paul Wellstone's funeral and proceeded to basically throw a political rally. Well, this is pretty much what they did yesterday on January 6th. And, and here's the dead giveaway. Nancy Pelosi literally had the cast of Hamilton sing a song in the middle of the January 6th quote-unquote memorial. Okay, first of all, the January 6th memorial, normally when, when you have some sort of commemorative memorial, it's because a lot of people died. Right? Typically, you have a 9-11 memorial because 3,000 Americans were killed. Or you have a December 7th, 1941 memorial because 2,300 Americans were killed. Typically, when you have a memorial, it's because there was tremendous human suffering involved. The grand total number of people who were killed, not, not people who died of associated heart attack or, or being crushed by a crowd or, or died later, the, the, the number of people who were actively killed on January 6th is one, and it was Ashley Babbitt who was shot by a Capitol Police officer while trying to move through a broken window to get a Congress people. And so they have this big memorial event, and here's Nancy Pelosi introducing the cast of Hamilton for a, for a number... Uh, is there anything more in the bubble than this? First of all, the, the people who desperately love Hamilton, 
They all live in blue states. That is not a, there's not a huge crowd for Hamilton in the red states. I'm not even ripping on the musical right now, although it's not my favorite musical for a variety of reasons, but the, the, the people who are just obsessed with it, they are all people who are kind of theater majors living in blue states. So where is the broad popular appeal? It, it, it reminds me of 2016 when Hillary Clinton was running for president and at the Democratic National Convention, they brought forth all of these pop stars to speak precisely to their base, but to no one else. Here was Nancy Pelosi yesterday introducing the cast of Hamilton for some odd reason. Uh, I have no, no idea what this has to do with January 6th, but uh, here we go. We're privileged to have a contribution from one of the great creative talents of our time, Lin-Manuel Miranda. May his beautiful words be an inspiration to us. Among the words he said and in the music, we'll make it right for you. If we lay a strong enough foundation, we'll pass it on to you and we'll give the world to you. What in the world? <laughs> I'm supposed to take these people seriously. Really? How am I supposed to take these people seriously? I mean, th this would be the equivalent of Republicans holding some sort of commemoration for the BLM riots of 2020 and then bringing out Lee Greenwood to sing God bless the USA, right? Like th th this is this is the kind of stuff that the Democrats listen to in the shower, but I'm not sure what it has to do with January 6th per se, but that's because it's all a big show. That's all this is. It's just a big show. So the first person they brought out was Kamala Harris. I don't know why they keep bringing forth Kamala Harris to speak at these sorts of things. I, I, I really don't. She is absolutely awful at this. It is extraordinary how bad she is at this. Kamala Harris, the vice president of the United States. And normally, you might assume a baseline level of competence for somebody like Kamala Harris. After all, she has been an attorney general of a major state. She was elected senator from a major state, and now she's vice president. But here is the thing. Nope. I'm not sure I've ever seen anyone in American politics fail upward the way that Kamala Harris has failed upward. I mean, to the point where the administration knows she's so bad that they're like, well, maybe we should fail her upward to the Supreme Court just to get rid of her. You know how much people hate you? when they're talking about elevating you to the Supreme Court just to get rid of you. <laughs> like, we'll do anything to get rid of this lady. Make her God Emperor. I don't care. Just get her the hell out of here. Anyway, Kamala Harris spoke yesterday at the Capitol building and was predictably awful. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's talk about a simple fact. If you run a business, you need to solve your HR issues. Right? You think that the HR issues are a big nothing or you don't have to think about them and it's Toby from the office, but here's the thing. If HR is not handled... There's so many issues that can come back and bite you directly on the tochas. Wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations. HR manager salaries are not cheap. They're an average of 70,000 bucks a year. Bambi, it's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. -E. It was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance all for just 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day -day all for just 99 bucks a month. They're month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees, you can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help you today. Go to Bambi.com slash Shapiro right now to schedule that free HR audit. That is Bambi.com slash Shapiro. B-A-M-B-E-E dot -E -E com slash Shapiro. Okay, so here we go with the most incompetent vice president of my lifetime. I mean, it is not, would it be fair to say ever? I think it'd be fair to say ever. It's like Spiro Agnew or her, right? There, there are not a lot of contenders here uh, on, on, this, on this short list of bad vice presidents. Here's Kamala Harris speaking from the Capitol Rotunda because of course, this was the most important inflection point in American history. So we have to do exactly what Democrats say we have to do. Comparing January 6th to some of the worst days in American history. 
certain dates echo throughout history, including dates that instantly remind all who have lived through them where they were and what they were doing when our democracy came under assault. Dates that occupy not only a place on our calendars, but a place in our collective memory. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th, 2021. Um, no, no. I don't think that 20 years from now, if somebody asks, what were you doing on January 6th, 2021? Everybody's like, I know exactly where I was. In fact, if you ask me what I was doing on January 6th, 2021... I was watching TV and watching some of it happen, but I don't actively remember where I was. I, might, I, I think I was at the office for part of the day, but I, I don't remember. Where, if you ask me exactly what happened when I heard about September 11th, I can tell you exactly to the moment where I was when I heard about September 11th. Uh, I, this, is, this one is not on that list. Beyond that, are you really comparing a day on which a couple of hundred idiots went into the Capitol building, some of them with violent intent, some of them just kind of wandering in? Are, are you really comparing that a, a riot in which one person total was killed, like by the in the riot, one person was actually killed in the riot. Are you comparing that to December 7, 1941, which not only ended with the death of 2,300 American service members, but also began America's involvement in World War II, which led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, or September 11, 2001, which was the terrorist murder of 3,000 Americans, the destruction of the Twin Towers in New York City, the attack on the Pentagon, the taking down of a plane in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the initiation of the war on terror, which involved two major American wars in two different theaters. Is that is that what we are comparing January 6th to now? Because just on the calendar, that was not probably among the 10 most damaging riots of the last year. Right? Probably there were 10 more damaging riots during 2020 than there were January 6th. There's $1.5 million in damage done total to the Capitol building on January 6th. And one person who was killed. There's some 25 people who died in the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020 and $5 billion in uninsured property damage and about $2 billion in insured property damage done during that period. So, no. Okay, but what this is really about is that we have to strengthen the rule of law, strengthen the rule of democracy. Now, this is really galling stuff to hear from some of the exact same people who were literally attempting to bail out rioters in 2020. People who had built a narrative. I know everybody forgets about this stuff, but leading up to the election of 2020, it was not just President Trump who was suggesting that the election was going to be corrupt and there were going to be problems. It was Democrats who were suggesting this also. You'll recall that Louis DeJoy, who was the postmaster general, right, the guy who's in charge of the post office, he was accused of actively removing mailboxes to prevent people from sending in their absentee ballots. This was like a big controversy. And the groundwork had been laid that if Trump had won again, the Democrats would have claimed that that was illegitimate okay, because there, there were riots in 2017 when Trump was inaugurated. On Inauguration Day, 200 people were arrested in 2017. I know we're supposed to pretend that didn't happen. It did. People were burning cars in the middle of Washington, D.C. in 2017. People tried to occupy the steps of the Capitol building, like the, some, of, some of the members of the Women's March. Okay, but, but here is Kamala Harris suddenly in favor of the rule of law. And it, honestly, it, it is the hypocrisy here that is so galling. Some of us have said that all lawbreakers should go to prison. Some of us have said that only lawbreakers on their side should go to prison. If you're one of the latter, you don't get to talk about rule of law. You don't. But that's exactly what Kamala Harris does. You see, the strength of democracy is the rule of law. 
The strength of democracy is the principle that everyone should be treated equally, that elections should be free and fair, that corruption should be given no quarter. The strength of democracy is that it empowers the people. I'm sorry, when you say the strength of democracy is the principle that everybody should be treated equally, and your entire administration is built on the principle not of equality of rights, but equity, which is a suggestion that there ought to be equality of outcome and that any disparity in American life, you can chalk up to the failures of our institutions. Like, it's hard for me to buy that we can all come together around a set of principles when I know on a fundamental level you do not believe in those principles. I'm perfectly happy to say and have said many, many times, don't lie about elections, accept election results. You should not break the law. If you violate the law, you should go to jail, right? This applies across the board. But the fact that I'm saying it applies across the board makes people on the left mad. If I say it applies across the board, like, well, you're doing whataboutism. It's not whataboutism to say that something should apply equally. It's whataboutism for you guys to say that it shouldn't apply to your side. It should only apply to the other side. And here's the point from Kamala Harris. And she's so obvious. She's so bad at this. My God, she's bad at this. There's a tremendous lack of subtlety. I don't know whether it is just because she's not particularly smart or whether it's because she thinks she's smarter than she is. But whatever it is, Kamala Harris then comes out and she says exactly what she wants, which is give me more power. I want more power. And then somehow she botches the Constitution of the United States. She tries to recite it word for word. It does not go well. Let's be clear. We must pass voting rights bills that are now before the Senate. And the American people must also do something more. We cannot sit on the sidelines we must unite in defense of our democracy in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our prosperity and posterity. Okay, so at the very end there, my, my favorite part of this is that all she's doing here is just reading the Constitution like a bad third grade candidate for secretary, for class secretary. That's what she's doing right there. She gets to the end of that and she's like, we have to pass everything I want you to pass. And now I'm just going to read you the preamble to the Constitution of the United States except I'm going to completely blow it. <laughs> We're not securing the blessings of prosperity to ourselves at the end of the Constitution. That's not a thing. It's posterity. She corrects herself and she almost starts laughing at herself because she knows that she's blown it. Okay, that was all preamble to President Biden. So Kamala Harris's shtick was, I'm here as an empathetic person. I'm, I'm here as an empathetic person who wants you to do everything I want you to do. She's like Galadriel from Lord of the Rings. I would be a queen, not a queen of darkness, but a queen of power. <laughs> It starts off all nice. She's like being nice to Frodo. And then all of a sudden she's like, but a queen. It's, it's quite wonderful. Then they get to old man Biden yelling at clouds. But he's very passionate. He's very angry because the only animating feature of Joe Biden, really deep down, the only reason he is president is because he is not Donald Trump. That is the only reason that he is president of the United States. And it's the only thing that animates him. I mean, this is perfectly obvious, by the way. He has said in open interviews that he doesn't know if he's going to run for president in 2024. He says, I think I will, but I'm a big believer in, in fate and sometimes health. And, you know, and then David Muir 
from ABC News. It's like, what if Trump runs? Like, well, then you're, you're tempting me. You're tempting Joker grin. You're tempting me. Right, because the only thing that made Joe Biden president was running against Donald Trump. Okay, we'll get to that in just one moment. First, let's say that you're an uncle to a young kid. That kid has been put in your care. And the kid is he's a good kid, but he's kind of wayward. And, and he, for some reason... He, lately, he's been undergoing some sort of changes, kind of physical, mental changes. You're not sure what, what the deal is. And one day, you just, you, you, you see him running after a criminal on the street. And the criminal runs up to you and shoots you. Well, as you lie bleeding on the street, you look up at him and you say, Peter Parker, I should have bought life insurance from Policy Genius. Because now, Aunt May is just, she's living in this derelict old house. Well, you don't have to be like Uncle Ben. You should have gone over to policygenius.com. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Answer a few questions about yourself in minutes. You can work out how much life insurance coverage you need. Compare personalized quotes to find your best price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. Their licensed experts help you understand your options and apply for a policy. The Policy Genius team works for you, not the insurance companies. You can trust them to offer unbiased help and advocate with you every step until you are covered. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. They don't sell your information to third parties. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro to get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save today. Policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so now we get to old man Biden yelling at clouds. So President Biden takes to the podium. And most of this speech was just about how bad Trump is. Right? Trump is very bad and bad is Trump and Trump is bad. Okay, but that would not in that, that would not in any real way be about January 6th, because January 6th was about more than Trump, right? The, the activities that Trump involved himself in from November 4th to January 6th, in which he denied the election, in which he suggested that the election was completely the result of electoral fraud, that he had outright won more votes in places like Arizona, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, right? All of that was bad behavior. That was malfeasance. It was not true. There was certainly some electoral fraud because in a country with 155 million voters, there will be some electoral fraud. There was certainly corruption when it came to some of the election rules. Many states embraced rules that were completely out of the box originally because of COVID. But then as it became clear that you could vote without really risking your own health, it was not because of COVID anymore. So when Pennsylvania decided to overrule its own constitution and simply put in place a bunch of full-scale absentee balloting, well, that was a violation of law, even if the Pennsylvania Supreme Court didn't call it that way. But Trump had every opportunity to challenge that stuff in court. He brought some 80 lawsuits. I believe all but one ended up being being struck down. Even the one that, that wasn't struck down ended up being overruled at a certain point. He didn't even make most of the allegations in court that he made publicly. But that's not what Biden is talking about. What Biden is saying is that Trump is responsible for the destruction of democracy. That, that's, that's on Trump. And, it's, and mostly it's on everyone who disagrees with Joe Biden. You have to give Joe Biden your full faith because he's standing in the, in the face of a, a full-scale assault on democracy that continues to this very day. Because here's the thing. Trump left office. He's no longer president. January 6th happened over a year ago. So the, the, the notion that, that we are all just waiting for Joe Biden to save us from the grave threat of Trump, I'm not sure who he's talking to other than his base. But being very, very angry about Trump and then suggesting the entire Republican Party is, is going to overthrow elections. When it was the Republican Party, by the way, that certified the 2020 election. Remember, never forget, it was Mike Pence who certified the election. That was, that was the guy who was the... the incumbent vice president. It was Senator Mitch McConnell who oversaw the certification of election results. It was Republican secretaries of state like Brad Raffensperger in Georgia and Republican governors in Arizona. It was, it was a bunch of Republican state legislatures that certified these votes. And so 
We were not close to a coup. We were not close to an overthrow of American democracy. And so that kind of gives the lie to everything that Biden is saying. But Biden has to gin up the outrage. He has to gin up the rage because if he does not gin that stuff up, he's got nothing. It is all January 6th or bust for Joe Biden at this point. He's riding at 40% in the approval ratings and 2022 is going to hit him like a tsunami. So he steps up to the microphone and he gets animated for the first time in his presidency. This is the first time he has looked alive for at least a year. Joe Biden has been wandering around in a stupefied zombie state as though under the influence of opiates for nearly his entire presidency. He looks as though he's constantly falling asleep, but not yesterday. Yesterday, he actually looked mildly alive. It was, it was strange. He kind of looked like he was... The only time that Joe Biden looks alive is when he can yell about Trump. So that's what he did yesterday. And you're all supposed to give him power and pretend that he's not a bad president because Trump. So he began by, by suggesting the, that the, the January 6th was a grave assault on democracy that nearly ended the 230-odd-year experiment of the United States, which, of course, is ridiculous and silly on its face. State the obvious. One year ago today, in this sacred place, democracy was attacked, <clears throat> simply attacked. The will of the people was under assault. The Constitution, our Constitution, faced the gravest of threats. Well, wait, so the gravest of threats was, just to get this straight, a couple of hundred idiots trespassing, yelling, breaking windows, and committing criminal acts against police officers in the Capitol, being cleared out within three hours, and then the certification taking place. If our, if, honestly, if our Constitution and our liberty is that fragile, then the problem ain't Donald Trump. The problem is our institutions. But the, here's the thing, it isn't that fragile. It isn't remotely close to that fragile. There are a bunch of people in the Oval Office who were passing around dumb memos about what Mike Pence could do to stop the election. None of it was true, and so none of it was effectuated. End of story. This was not a grave threat to democracy. You know, there are other countries where there are grave threats to democracy. Those threats usually include things like disbanding the legislature by the executive branch. Those things usually include military occupations of capitals. Those things usually include laws passed by legislatures that grant ultimate power to the executive branch, essentially removing the legislature from the purview of the entire process. Those things include stacking the Supreme Court or getting rid of the Supreme Court. Look at countries all over the world where democracy has fallen. It includes actual changes to institutions. It does not include a couple of hundred rowdies going into a place and being cleared out by the cops. That's called like most most political events that are bad in the United States. Like that's been happening for, for quite a while. Okay, so that, again, that does not to downplay the evils of, of January 6th or the people who committed crimes. That is not to downplay Trump's lies from November 4th to January 6th and some of the stuff that he says today. What it is to say is that if you are saying that we were like this far away from democracy falling in the United States on January 6th, I don't know what to tell you, you're a moron. You're stupid. If you actually believe that we were this close to democracy falling completely on January 6th, that you're a motivated believer or an idiot. You want to believe it or you're just dumb and you're taken in. We'll get to more from angry Joe Biden, animated Joe Biden in just one second first. Let's talk about saving gas. So here's the reality. Your gas prices are extremely high right now. And hell, you spend a lot of money on gas anyway. So why exactly would you not go out to the app store and get the free Get Upside app? My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You can download the free Get Upside app in the app store or Google Play right now. 
Use promo code Shapiro. Get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Do not pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free. Use promo code Shapiro to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank of gas. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to 300 bucks a month in cash back. There is no catch. The cash back gets added directly to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account. PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download that free GetUpside app. Use promo code Shapiro. Get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank of gas. That is promo code Shapiro. When you go to the App Store, get that free GetUpside app. And once again, use promo code Shapiro to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your very first tank of gas. Alrighty, so Joe Biden steps to the lectern and he talks about January 6th in very colorful language, some of which actually is, is false or at very least wildly exaggerated. So here he is talking about using your imagination. Use your imagination, folks. Put yourself back on January 6th, the most important day in American history. Close your eyes. Go back to that day. What do you see? Rioters rampaging, waving for the first time inside this Capitol. Confederate flag that symbolized the cause to destroy America to rip us apart. Even during the Civil War, that never, ever happened. But it happened here in 2021. Um, So uh, is he now suggesting that this was like worse than the Civil War? There's a Confederate flag in the Capitol building. That never even happened during the Civil War. Well, I mean, 600,000 Americans did die during the Civil War, so there was that. And there was a massive battlefront that ranged all the way from, like, Texas to Washington, D.C. So, I mean, I feel like that was worse. But there was one moron carrying a Confederate flag in the Capitol building. So I guess we're all supposed to, I guess that's the same, sort of. By the way, I love that he's like, the, the, the Capitol, you know, the fact that there was a Confederate flag in the in the Capitol building, that's that's never happened even in the Civil War, until five seconds ago, there was a statue of, of Jefferson Davis in Statuary Hall where he is speaking right now. They removed it last year. They removed it in 2021. Right, so um, what? Okay, but but it's just that idiot waving the, waving the Confederate flag in, in, in Statuary Hall. Well, that, that means that, that the Republic was this close to falling because of helmet-horned guy, because of the Wagnerian opera helmet guy. Okay, then he talks about the assaults on police officers, and this kind of stuff really gets my goat. It really does. You can't spend years, literally years, ripping on the police as systemically racist enforcers of the patriarchal institutions of the United States seeking to criminalize blackness. The new Jim Crow, as Michelle Alexander puts it, you can't, you can't say that police all across the country are emissaries of evil, but then when it suits your purposes, they become heroes again. That's not the way any of that crap works. The people who assault police officers across the board should go to jail. I feel that way. Democrats don't. But here is here is Joe Biden, all of a sudden, a, a police, uh, a friend of the police. A crowd that professes their love for law enforcement assaulted those police officers, dragged them, sprayed them, stomped on them. Over 140 police officers were injured. Can he muster this kind of rage for the 2,000 police officers plus who were injured during the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020? Nope. Can he muster any of that outrage for the police officers who have been wrongly castigated by the press over the course of the last seven years? Because remember, this really started in 2014 with the Ferguson riots. That's really when this started. So going back years and years and years, the Democrats have been wildly anti-police. 
the, the attempt now to retcon this into, oh, we found one event where some people who were allied with the right or felt they were on the right, where those people assaulted police officers, therefore the police are now good. I bring forth the hero police officers. It really is an astonishing thing. It is. like They, they just assume that we have no, no common sense or memory, that we have like the memory of a guppy. He continued along these lines. Police were assaulted. Lives at risk. The nation's capital under siege. This wasn't a group of tourists. This was an armed insurrection. Okay, so for there to be an armed insurrection, usually people need to be armed. Like just, just a general rule. They need to be armed, right? In, in, in the term armed insurrection, there needs to be both an insurrection and there needs to be people who are armed. So far as I'm aware, there's not been a single criminal charge brought against people who went into the Capitol building. It's not to say that people weren't being violent. They were. Armed usually implies that you are armed with, you know, like an actual gun. Armed with actual dangerous weaponry. I'm not aware that any of the charging documents include a single firearm. If you're going to do an armed insurrection, typically you want to bring a firearm because that's usually the weapon you used in an armed insurrection. Second, an insurrection usually requires an element of planning. Like if you're going to plan an insurrection, you actually have to plan the insurrection. Typically, it's not just a bunch of people who get pissed off and, and go into a building and do damage to it. That's not an insurrection. Okay, so if you don't believe that Black Lives Matter burning storefronts in 2020 was an insurrection, then you really should not believe that this was an insurrection. So it was not an armed insurrection. It was a riot. There is a difference. Hey, riots are bad too. People who riot should go to jail. Armed insurrection is a different thing. When he says armed insurrection, what he means is that his political enemies planned to violate the government. They planned to overthrow the government of the United States. Therefore, I deserve all power. Wartime power. This is something that Democrats routinely invoke. Wartime, wait, there's a war on poverty. War on climate change. There's a war on whatever they say. They're, war on income inequality. War on racism. Right? There's always a war. Why? Why do Democrats use that language? I mean, Aren't they pacifists? The reason they use the language of war is because during wars, you get to invoke wartime powers. And when you invoke authoritarian powers, you get to do whatever the hell you want. So when you say there's an armed insurrection, the natural consequence of that is I need to be empowered in order to stomp out armed insurrections. I need wartime powers, which is exactly what Joe Biden wants. I have to point out one more thing with regard to his rhetoric on police officers. It really is astonishing. So a little bit later on in the speech, he talks about mourning police officers with Jill in the Capitol Rotunda. And here's what he had to say. Jill and I have mourned police officers in this Capitol Rotunda, not once, but twice in the wake of January 6th. Once to honor Officer Brian Sicknick, who lost his life the day after the attack. And a second time to honor Officer Billy Evans, who lost his life defending this capital as well. This is such a peculiar move that he's making right now. This is such a peculiar move. So first, Officer Brian Sicknick was not actually killed at the January 6th riot. Right? Originally, it was reported that he was struck in the head with a fire extinguisher, and then he died as a result of those injuries. That turned out not to be true. It turns out that he died as a result of presumably a heart attack. And he died after January 6th. Though that, but put that one aside. Because maybe you could make the medical case that the stress of January 6th induced the heart attack or something. The other guy he mentions there, the other guy he mentions there, Officer Billy Evans, Billy Evans died as a result of an attack at the Capitol building that had nothing to do with January 6th. So lumping the two of them in as though they are both results of January 6th is crazy. Do you remember the death of Officer Billy Evans? I do. It didn't become a national issue because the way that the media determines whether a crime story is a national issue or not is by determining whether the victimizer 
is a person with whom they are politically allied in some sense. If the person is a political enemy, it's a national story. If the person could theoretically be conceived of as a political ally, it's not a national story, it's a local crime story. So Sicknick's death was a national story because January 6th was super duper duper terrible, but Officer Billy Evans' death was not a national story. The reason, by the way, that Joe Biden went to the rotunda for Officer Billy Evans specifically is because he wanted to create the presumption that he was going to do this for all officers. It wasn't just officers who died in the line of duty with some relation to his political enemies. But lumping them in together does precisely the reverse. He's now suggesting that Billy Evans died as a result of January 6th. That's not what happened. Here's the actual story. Billy Evans died in April. He died in April of 2021 when he was struck by a car. Who, who exactly was driving that car? A 25-year-old black nationalist who espoused viewpoints cons consummate with the nation of Islam, the nation of Islam. So, um, what? what? Why is he being lumped into this? What does he have to do with January sixth? He doesn't. He has nothing to do with January sixth. But if you can, I mean, they're just willing to do anything. They're willing to lump anyone together. They have to do in order to in order to get where they want to go. It really is pretty incredible. Okay, in a second, we're going to get to Joe Biden's attack on the Republican Party because again, the idea here is that January sixth is not a criminal act carried out by people who are now paying criminal penalties from two, from from a year ago. No, January 6th is an ongoing trauma. It's an ongoing wound. It's a bleeding abscess. We'll get to that in just one moment. First, health insurance, as we all know, can get very expensive and very complicated very quickly. For a lot of people in the United States concerned about the cost of health insurance, there aren't any good options. You either go out on your own with no safety net or you pay through the nose for a high deductible plan that doesn't kick in until you have spent thousands of bucks. That is because we have a broken health insurance system in this country, thanks to Obamacare and thanks to a lot of bad governmental decisions over the course of decades. What if I told you you don't necessarily need health insurance? You deserve healthcare freedom. Introducing Crowd Health. Crowd Health is not health insurance. It's a community of people who care about their health, healthcare freedom, and each other. Crowd Health exists because we're tired of overpaying for broken healthcare. It introduces consumerism into the market, letting you navigate the care you need without the burdens of government bureaucracy. You're free to get the care you need, and when big expenses come, the community crowdfunds the bill on your behalf. Joining CrowdHealth gives you your healthcare freedom back while saving you thousands of bucks every year. Why CrowdHealth? Well, it is flexible. Membership is a monthly subscription. There's no limiting enrollment period or messy contracts. There's no limiting doctor networks. You can see the providers you want for the care you need. It's simple. You can use CrowdHealth's digital tools to find, plan, and pay for the care that you need. Press a button to receive virtual care anytime, anywhere. Five minutes to sign up, 30 seconds to find a great doctor, 15 seconds to scan and submit a bill for crowdfunding. CrowdHealth is able to offer amazing prices because of its community of health-conscious members. CrowdHealth is not health insurance. It's a community-powered alternative. Give it a look. Terms and conditions may apply. Check them out today. CrowdHealth. Alrighty, so then Joe Biden got to his real point. His real point is that everyone who disagrees with him politically is complicit in January 6th. So he says, sure, there are some courageous men and women in the Republican Party who stood up to, to Donald Trump. And here's Liz Cheney and here's Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney showed up at the Capitol building yesterday to support his daughter, Liz. And suddenly Democrats love him. Okay, whenever you are being treated with quote unquote strange new respect, you should have a second thought. You might think, hmm, why are all these people who hate everything about me? They literally made a movie about the evils of Dick Cheney called Vice by Adam McKay, who is one of the most overrated filmmakers in Hollywood. Dick Cheney was Darth Vader. He was the bugaboo of the left. And suddenly he's a hero of the Republic. Amazing how that works. Almost as though they will use whatever object is available to clock whoever is in power now. Okay, so here was, here was Joe Biden trying to lump in the entire Republican Party, not just with Trump, but more broadly with January 6th. 
Well, some courageous men and women in the Republican Party are standing against it, trying to uphold the principle of that party. Too many others are transforming that party into something else. They seem no longer to want to be the party, the party of Lincoln, Eisenhower, Reagan, the Bushes. Okay, can we stop pretending that these people loved the party of Lincoln, Reagan, Eisenhower, and the Bushes? They hated all those people. I mean, George W. Bush was Bush Hitler. George W. Bush was an illegitimate president, according to the Democrats, because of 2000. George W. Bush was a warmonger who led us into a Bush lied, people died. Right? I mean, it is so tiresome. It is so tiresome to hear Democrats proclaim the virtues of people they hated until 30 seconds ago when those people became much more convenient to them. And I will say, I'll say this about, about Dick Cheney or the Bushes. I have a lot of fondness for some of these people from the Bush administration. I do, because I remember defending a lot of their actions during the Bush administration. Okay, but, but if you spend your entire post-political career saying nothing when Democrats run roughshod across everything that you held dear, and then you can only be found to speak to a camera as soon as something bad happens from the Republican side of the aisle, I have some questions. Consistency, folks. A little bit of consistency. If you couldn't be found anywhere during the Black Lives Matter riots of 2020, if you couldn't be found anywhere during the Russia collusion stuff, if you couldn't be found anywhere while the Democrats are trying to ram through authoritarian COVID measures, you can't be found anywhere defending many of the people who supported you, but you can be dredged up in order to do a January 6th extravaganza on behalf of Nancy Pelosi and the cast of Hamilton. I have some questions about the people you're hanging out with in your priorities. Really, I may agree with some of the stuff that you even say, but I have some real questions about your sense of, of loyalty to the people who got you where you are. Okay, Joe, put that aside. Joe Biden continues, and then he gets into, again, the double standards here are just, they are mind-boggling. And they're, they're maddening. They're maddening. So Joe Biden starts talking about the, the higher standards of America that he supposedly holds. And every line here, it's like, buy yourself a mirror, Joe. Please, for the love of God, look in a mirror. Get your party a damned mirror, sir. Here we go. Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm? Are we going to be a nation where we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of the people? Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of the truth, but in the shadow of lies? We cannot allow ourselves to be that kind of nation. Okay, so I have many, many Many questions for the Democratic Party. Are we going to be a nation that accepts political violence as a norm, says Joe Biden? Oh, I don't know. Did your vice president literally attempt to bail out rioters a year ago? I, I, I feel like that happened because I was there. That was a year and a half ago. Where were you during the Black Lives Matter riots? Joe Biden accepts political violence as a norm. And honest to God, these people, it's, like, it's unbelievable. They just, they just are going to 1984, your memories out of existence. They're just going to memory hole all this crap. Anything bad that happened on their side, until now, until January 6th, did you know there had been no acceptance of political violence as a norm? Did you know that that didn't exist? It was only Trump. It wasn't Maxine Waters saying you should get up in people's faces or calling the LA riots the LA uprising in 1993, 1994. It wasn't Democrats poo-pooing massive rioting across the country in 2020 saying it was mostly peaceful. It wasn't Democrats ignoring the violence in Portland that went on for months and months and months. And when Donald Trump sent federal troops in to try and stop that by protecting federal buildings, they called him a fascist. I remember that stuff because I'm not an idiot. 
I, I have a functional brain. But some of these people apparently think that they can just get away with saying that the only people who have normed political violence are people on the right. It's crazy. And it's wild. And then he said, are we going to be a nation where we allow partisan election officials to overturn the legally expressed will of, I don't know. Didn't you guys claim that Stacey Abrams was still the governor of Georgia? Aren't you currently engaged in redistricting that is far more beneficial to Democrats than Republican redistricting has been to Republicans? Are we going to be a nation that lives not by the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies? Okay, I have no words for this. From the Biden administration, which lies as a matter of routine, they do it over and Afghanistan was a was a months long lie from don't worry, the government won't collapse. It'll be fine to we always knew the government was going to collapse and it'll still be fine to we're not allying in any way with like to Al Qaeda is gone from the country to don't worry, our soldiers are safe to don't worry, we're evacuating people in the most brilliant evacuation since Dunkirk. All they do is lie. Shadow of lies, my ass. We can't allow ourselves to be that kind of a nation. We I, I'm sorry, like that we too late. You made it happen, Joe Biden. You've been in office since 1831. And then he gets to the same point as Kamala Harris. It just takes him longer to get there. His new point is you have to let us completely rewrite election law in the United States in order to save democracy. We have to we have to wreck democracy by federalizing all election procedure under the auspices of people Joe Biden likes. Right now, in state after state, new laws are being written. Not to protect the vote, but to deny it. Not only to suppress the vote, but to subvert it, not to strengthen and protect our democracy. But because the former president lost. Instead of looking at the election results from 2020 and saying they need new ideas or better ideas to win more votes. The former president and his supporters have decided the only way for them to win is to suppress your vote and subvert our elections. It's wrong. It's undemocratic. And frankly, it's un-American. Okay, I mean, this is the same shtick that this schmuck was trotting out with regard to the Georgia law, which he called a new form of Jim Crow. So no, I don't believe you. I also don't believe that you care very much about election integrity when you spend literally a year talking about how all of the emergency protocols taken during COVID ought to be made the new normal. We ought to be sending absentee ballots to every household in the nation. We ought to be having... Democratic employees engaged in ballot harvesting, going door to door to Democratic registered voters and picking up their ballots. We have to get rid of voter ID everywhere across the country. We have to federalize all election procedures that states have no say in it whatsoever. You know, I don't believe that you care about election integrity. I believe that you want to rig the rules. Because you do. I mean, the, the Democrats won't even get together with the Republicans to reform the Electoral Count Act. If you are worried about people, quote unquote, stealing federal elections, the Electoral Count Act, which led to the vagary of some people wrongly believing that the vice president and that the Congress had the ability to throw out state certified votes. If you believe that that's a problem, then there have been a bunch of Republicans, including mainstream right wing Republicans who have called for a revision of the Electoral Count Act to clarify how that procedure works. You know, what Democrats have done. They said, not enough. We're not going to do it. We're not going to revise the Electoral Count Act because you don't care. You don't care. What you really care about is rigging the rules for yourself. He'll get to the conclusion of Joe Biden's speech in just one moment. Then we'll get to some of the other Democrats sounding off on January 6th. First, 2020, it's going to be a big year for a lot of businesses. We hope, we pray. Some industries are projected to grow even more this year, like fitness. It's expected to explode. Home improvement, renovation, decoration, digital events and conferences. Well, listen, if you own a business, 
and you're in one of these growing industries and you're having trouble finding employees, which is like everyone I've been talking to lately, you probably need to hire ASAP and you need to go to ZipRecruiter to make it happen. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter uses powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. Then it proactively presents these candidates to you. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job. That encourages them to apply faster. No wonder ZipRecruiter is the number one rated hiring site in the United States based on G2 ratings. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. All right, we'll get to more in just one second. First, it is that glorious time of the week when I give a shout out to a Daily Wire member. Today, the lucky person is Jonathan Rivera on Instagram, who understands proper equine care. In this picture, Jonathan is standing next to a handsome steed that appears to be attempting a swig from the world's greatest beverage vessel. The caption reads, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink unless it is the sweet tears from a superior drinking vessel. After a night of patrol, it's nice to know I can still get the caffeine I need to handle a four-year-old thoroughbred like my buddy Liam. At close to a thousand pounds, he's quite literally Ben's biggest fan. Hashtag leftist tears tumbler. That is Awesome and better than Yellowstone. Glad to know you're both out there keeping the Jersey streets safe. Thanks for the pick and thanks for being a Daily Wire member. Also, today, it is a big day for the Daily Wire. It's a huge day for America. The Supreme Court is currently, like as of right now, hearing oral arguments on Joe Biden's unconstitutional authoritarian vax mandate. Okay, right now we have over a million signatures on our do not comply petition, but today we want to boost that. Like today's a great day to boost it. Head on over to dailywire.com slash do not comply right now. We're counting on you to help us put a stop to this absolutely disgusting, tyrannical federal overreach. Go check them out right now. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so. Finally, Joe Biden concludes with his statement, he is going to stand at the door of democracy and block it from the dagger that's there. You're going to have to pry this democracy from my cold lifeless. Here's Joe Biden. Believe me. No. I know how difficult democracy is. (laughs) I don't believe you. (laughs) I'm crystal clear about the threats America faces. But I also know But our darkest days can lead to light and hope from the death and destruction, as the vice president referenced in Pearl Harbor, came the triumph over the forces of fascism. From the brutality of Bloody Sunday and the Edmund Pettus Bridge came historic voting rights legislation. (sighs) So now let's step up, write the next chapter in American history, where January 6th marks not the end of democracy, but the beginning of a renaissance of liberty and fair play. I did not seek this fight brought to this capital one year ago today, but I will not shrink from it either. I will stand in this breach. I will defend this nation. I will allow no one to place a dagger at the throat of democracy. I won't do that. Um, Okay, so he's really comparing January 6th to the Edmund Pettus Bridge. You mean, you know, like a protest that the literal authorities sicked dogs on people who were protesting a century of Jim Crow? That's the same thing as January 6th? Or comparing it to Pearl Harbor? Because it's just like Pearl Harbor when 2,300 Americans died. 
Or alternatively, you just want what you want, and this is your excuse. My favorite part of this is that Joe Biden was asked after his ridiculous speech about why he had not used Donald Trump's name, right? He kept avoiding Trump's name. He kept saying the former president this and the former president that. His answer is just, it's one for the ages. Here was Joe Biden's answer to that question. It's not about whether I'm president or she's vice president. It's about the system and about somebody who decides to put himself above everything. And uh, so, but I did not want to turn it into a contemporary political battle between me and the president. It's way beyond that. He didn't want to turn it into a contemporary political battle. Really, that, that, that is literally the only thing that they are doing yesterday. That's the whole point of the exercise is to turn it into a contemporary political battle. That's why you do a memorial for January 6th. That's why you do all these commemorative editions, CNN specials, and all of this kind of stuff. That's why you do it. The whole point of it is this. You know what the real point of this is? The real point is that non-farm job estimates came in 200,000 jobs below what they were supposed to this month. That's the real story. Okay, the actual Democratic, the, the December jobs report came in adding 199,000 jobs against expectations of 422,000 jobs. That's the real story under Joe Biden, not that he's standing preventing the dagger from entering the throat of democracy or some such self-serving bolt bleep. Alrighty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. First, you cannot forget to end your week by tuning in to The Andrew Clavin Show. Drew's show is every Friday. He's got an exciting evening planned for you, as always. Head on over to dailywire.com, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Tune in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Help spread the word about The Ben Shapiro Show by giving us a five-star review and sharing the show with a friend. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to check out some of our other Daily Wire shows. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our production manager is Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Crand. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. Hey, everybody, this is Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Clavin Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Clavin Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Clavin. <laughs> 